This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm for the Kayfabe Report. Hey, if you guys haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's a creation tool that's sweet that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership whatsoever. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I use it all the time here on the Cave Fair Report. It's been a great, helpful tool and a great host for the podcast. And I love the sponsorship every week. If you'd like to use Anchor.fm, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. That is the Anchor app at Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. Or go to anchor.fm on your browser. Now, to the show. What's up, guys? Cody here for the KFA Report Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the Elimination Chamber review, everything that happened, and including what happened the night after. Uh, a few news stories here and there, and we're also going to review SummerSlam 05, one of my favorite SummerSlams. And this was your first time watching it, right, Matt? Correct. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting to see what a first timer's uh, view on it was. All that and more here on the podcast. What's up, Matt? How you doing, buddy? Great, Cody. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast this week. Uh, it's been a very eventful few days <laughs> as of this recording. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, we're going to delve right into it with the chamber review. Um, the first match that I have here was the SmackDown Chamber match. Started out with Brian and Cesaro, which I thought was a good start. Oh, definitely. Um, my the first one in was Corbin, and I was shocked at how well they gave him time to just beat the shit out of Daniel and Cesaro. Yeah, they made him own that ring for a while. It was kind of neat. It, it was weird because it, it, it was like at a time where I didn't expect that. Um, right. Then Zane, Sami Zayn gets, enters the ring and he's like, no, 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 not me, not me, not me. And he, he forgets that the other side of the chamber opens up and Cesaro's right there waiting for him with an uppercut. Bam! Right up against the glass. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was awesome. That was awesome. He's trying to hide from one side and gets blasted from the other. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, and then out of nowhere, Corbin gets eliminated. Yep. I was like, really? Of all the people to get eliminated first, it's Corbin. They had they had that happen a couple times during the night. Especially with the second chamber match. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, they definitely... Uh, I'm not saying that they dropped the ball, but they they were quick to eliminate who I figure was going to last a little bit longer. Right. Yeah, that's true. And it 
Yeah, Corbin just getting eliminated like that. I thought he'd even e- easily be final three, not first one eliminated. Right. Then it kind of all made sense, though, once they got rid of him. It kind of flowed right through. You kind of Yeah, you kind of saw who was going to get next. Almost, yeah, you could almost predict how it was going to go. Yeah, so that so then uh, it was Kevin Owens who came out next. And then when Owens comes out, Zane's like, come on, we have history. They don't have history. We've beat the shit out of each other. Let's work together. <laughs> Let's work together Wrong for answer. like just and he's like, yeah, it makes sense. And then boom, kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah, KO says hell no and throws him right through the right into somebody's uh, pod there. Oh yeah. There was a, there was one thing I did notice that the only time a chamber like the glass broke. Obviously, we'll get to it, but I want to mention it here. The only time the ch- the glass broke on the chamber was when Amis fucking opened it up at the back end for AJ. There was no, like, yeah, big move through the chamber pod like there usually is every year. So they kind of saved yeah, didn't it. Have o- <laughs> didn't have Otis running through the chamber. <laughs> he fucking ran through the chamber and the back door and fucking went. Yeah, last year that was great, wasn't it? That was funny. Well, it's like every year the 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 big powerhouse guy does a spear, running shoulder tackle, something huge, powerful move through the chamber pod, and you hear that plexiglass just sh- like crumple, pretty much. This year they didn't do it. They just had almost like rip the back open like a fucking garage door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I was really surprised they like. Uh, kept that one down. That at least that spot down. I was really shocked at that. I thought they'd overhaul on that one with Owens, and then uh, who was in the Raw one, like McIntyre or Sheamus, like doing a bro kick or Claymore through the fucking pod. That'd have been cool. Put somebody right through the pod. That'd have been fun. Right, exactly. Um. Then Jay Uso gets in. Kevin Owens does a big moonsault on the entire crowd off the pod. That was something they weren't ashamed of doing, though, was doing moves off the damn pods. Yep, that was good. A lot of that happened. A lot of, a lot of high-flying moves off the pods, which was entertaining to watch, really. Um, and then, who got eliminated? Was it Zayn that got eliminated? And then, when he got eliminated, Owens... Or Jay or Jay also used the door to bang up Owens's arm. Something like that, yeah. Because then it, then Owens ended up leaving shortly after that. Yeah, because he got his arm crunched into the main door, and then it, yep. then he like gave him like five super kicks, and then finally a splash off the top rope. Yep. And I was like, okay, so they just like killed Kevin Owens there. Which was I did I did I didn't expect I honestly thought they were gonna do the martyr whole martyr thing with Owens and then let him die with Reigns. Yeah, I almost thought the same, but then as it started to progress, I was like, you know, I thought that they were gonna have Uso win, and then he was just gonna lay down for Reigns. That's kind of what that was I a, thought. That was another but... option I was looking into as I was watching the match. I'm like, you know, they're just gonna have. Jay just win the damn thing and have him lay down for the pin. Yep, that's what I thought was going on down. What was... What was it here? 
Oh, there it is. The giant, the giant gut buster. Uh, from was it? Yeah, it was Cesaro and Daniel really got a lot of time to show Cesaro off, which was really good to see. And that giant mm-hmm. gut buster, that that gorilla press to the knee off the top rope, that was just what the fuck. <laughs> there was no need for that, but it was impressive to fucking watch. Oh, for sure. Um, then Uso eliminates Cesaro, which I really thought it was going to be Cesaro versus Brian at the end, the way it was looking. But then out of nowhere, Uso gets like three super kicks in and another splash on Cesaro. And then Brian wins with the running knee. So I'm like, that's a good match. That was a fantastic elimination chamber opener. It, uh, it, incredible. It was very incredible. And then we hear the big dogs music hit. And I'm like, okay, so obviously they're going to do it immediately afterwards. I kind of was hoping that they were doing it as the main event. Because when Brian beat um, Triple H years back and then went on to uh, go on to win the titles or whatever, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, they did the one match first in the beginning and the one match at the end, and it gave him that chance. And I thought that that's what they would do here to give him a fighting chance, but they didn't give him a fucking snowball's chance in hell. I mean, he made a chance for himself. Oh, he definitely made a chance for I himself. Was, I was super impressed with Braves went for that spear. I'm like, oh, spear. Wait, the lapel lock? The la- what? What? <laughs> I thought it was to be honest with you. I thought I thought we were seeing Daniel Bryan lift the belt. I was like, he's going to shock him right now. All the arrogance is going to go right off the off the wall, and Bryan walks away with the title. Right, exactly. It didn't happen. So we have that stinker of a match, which was a squash match for all intents purposes, and then we have the triple threat match. Now earlier in the day. They said that Keith Lee was ineligible to compete in the triple threat due to injury, which I didn't know until I saw the pay-per-view. I didn't even watch kickoff, so I didn't even know this happened. I'm like, why is John Morrison's music playing right now? Well, then they played it back and did a four-way kickoff with uh, Morrison, Ricochet, Ali, and Elias, of all people, to put in a four-way for the U.S. title. Crazy math. Yeah, and... I admit the right guy won. I think Morrison should have won that to begin with in the first place. They missed an opportunity for later in the night, obviously, but I think Morrison should have won. Your guy won, which you you have to be ecstatic for. Bro. (laughs) Bro. Fucking dude, hate him. He fucking. I I loved him in NXT. Awesome, dude. I hate him on Raw because this is you can tell Vince has his fingerprints on every single bit of this fucking character. <laughs> He's awesome, man. He's awesome, and uh, when he when he fucking smashes the crutch of MVP over Lashley twice and ends up being able to finish this match and win, I was ecstatic first of all, and then. My wife goes, you know, I like the eagle that's on the new title. And sure enough, 
the next night he names the, he the, the eagle, eagle uh <laughs> he says i really like this little eagle buddy i think i'm gonna name him travis Man, you stoner, you named your freaking United States Championship Eagle Travis. Are you for real right now? He says Travis equals stallion on social media. That's fine. <laughs> Our truth got an imaginary friend over, so anything's fucking possible. <laughs> right, 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 right. Dude, uh, that was a good match, though. That was a good match. Yeah. John Morrison, uh, R- Riddle, and Lashley. I will say between... Made a lot of things. Go ahead. I was just say it made a lot of things predictable for the future here, but it's okay. Also, I mean, I'm good oh, with, with, it, with everything that went. that went on afterwards. Yes, I do. I do agree with that. Correct. But the match with uh, Riddle and Morrison and Lashley, it was interesting to watch because Riddle had some a couple scary bumps, especially the finish when he did that stupid corkscrew uh, senton. I'm like, holy fuck, that was super close to Lashley, and he could have fucking hurt himself. Like that that last one. Yeah, he goes all out. Yeah, that last one. I'm like, fuck, he could have hurt himself super bad. But all in all, good match. The right guy won for the pre-show. So I'll I'll say that. Uh, Lashley losing the U.S. title, you know. Well, he lost it, but he didn't lose the match. So there's that. Makes, keeps him looking strong, which is a plus. I think which is why what happened happened. Right. We'll get there. Um, yeah, and then the next match, which I didn't know was a match until Friday on SmackDown, uh, was Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks challenging the women's tag titles between Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. And this whole Reginald storyline bullshit needs to fucking go away. I don't, I don't like him. Not a big fan. It doesn't make much sense to me. But he was with you know. Carmella, and now he has a thing for Sasha. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. It, it it's yeah, it's, it's soap just... opera for the sake of soap opera is what it is. Yeah. Uh, all in all, good match. Uh, not a whole lot to really speculate on or talk about. Uh, Bianca Belair still has not chosen who she wants to face at Mania yet. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um. Oh, that was something we just glossed right the fuck over. After Reigns won, guess who comes and spears the shit out of him? The rated R superstar Edge, who made his choice for WrestleMania, which is the big dog, the head of the table, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. No, the tribal chief. Not, he's not my tribal chief. I'm white. He's Samoan. There's a completely different tribe there. <laughs> oh, no. He is. He's your tribal chief. He's my tribal chief. He's the universe's tribal chief. He's not being stopped. I'm sorry. Well, he's retiring Edge at WrestleMania. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> it's over, dude. Fuck you. It's over. There's Fuck no you. way. No way. <laughs> I call it right now. Edge wins and brings back the big gold belt. That's what I fucking want to see. Um, you're living in a fantasy world, bud. I'd love to see that too. He's re- he's going to be retired after WrestleMania. No. Roman's gonna break him in half. No. no, I don't see that happening. And even if he does, Rated R Superstar can't die. He's uh, he he's shown time and time again that he cannot stay down from the wrestling business. Yeah, he'd make a good manager or something. He would make he would make a great 
great producer. Like an, an in-ring producer, behind-the-scenes producer. Yeah. yeah. He, his Definitely. mind for the business. Matches. Holy shit. Would I, I would kill to have a mind like that. Especially for the pro wrestling industry. He is so smart and so maniacal in what he thinks in that area. It is amazing. I think you could have a good guy making matches right there. Mm-hmm. Like he would be the next uh, Pat Patterson. I could easily see Edge being a Pat Patterson figure, in, in especially in that type of role. But no, Edge Especially is Especially after getting broken in half by Roman yeah, Reigns. Yeah, fuck that. Roman Reigns is getting his ass kicked in. He's getting his teeth kicked in. Those pearly whites that he went and took for fucking six months to get rid of. Fuck him. He needs to... <laughs> you like those? You like those veneers? Good lord, you could tell those are fake as shit. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. When that motherfucker smiled when he came back, I'm like, oh, he went and got his teeth whitened. Way to go. <laughs> Took you six months to be afraid of COVID so you can go get fucking teeth whitening. Way to go. Oh, that's not just teeth whitening, dude. He got veneers put on her. Like, like plastic teeth, pretty much. Yeah, instead of, like, dentures, they clip right onto your existing teeth and make your teeth look different. Yeah, no, I'm good. Oh, boy. But, um... Yeah, so we glossed right over that, and I didn't mean to. I was just, I was just fucking kept on going with matches. And then I, what I loved is that Edge pointed to the WrestleMania sign like it was the Rumble winner, like he just won the Rumble again. And then the fucking pyro went off again. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> All you did was choose who you're fighting. I don't think that deserves pyro. Just shows how scripted it was. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, okay, so they knew he was going to go for Edge. Or he was going to go for Reigns. Right. Um, But no, after... And by the way, we get no explanation for why the Asuka match is just now officially done. There's no Asuka match. They should have at least had a substitution. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't know if they're... You had you know, brushed on it at one point about uh, joining those two titles together, Mm -hmm. making one women's title. I'm wondering if this is where we're gearing towards because they really don't, they don't really, how do I want to say this? They don't really feature both of them Mm. all the time. No, It's really hit or miss, really hit or miss lately. And the thing is, is that now that Rhea Ripley's coming up to the Raw brand, Mm -hmm. which all four, I think she needs a new new uh coat of paint you know especially on the on the raw brand she will she'll have a lot of different matches that she never had before um nxt she looked like she was just floundering after the you know she could have been nxt women's champion again but that didn't happen so it was more like how do you like how do you now build Ripley to be a champion well you ship her off to a new brand you ship her off to a new uh you know island of misfit toys really because now now for sure now you have Rhea Ripley on the same brand as Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose <laughs> yeah she'll she'll start going in and picking fights with these pretty pretties and beating her oh, ass I'd be fine with that no it'll be great well, I think it'd be amazing. But um, what was after the Sasha 
Belair match. Was it the WWE Championship match? Because they did the chamber. They, they moved fast. Yeah, they moved super fast. Like, the everything was done before 10, wasn't it? Or just after. Yeah. Because it was like... Let me see. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Clicked on that right away. Uh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yep, did that. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, the next match was um, the chamber match for the WWE title. Uh, Sheamus, Orton, Kingston, AJ, Hardy, and Drew. Um, but before that, we see, you know, a quiet MVP and Miz talking over what they're going to do or what they could be doing after the chamber. And honestly, this was a good chamber match. It it was a great chamber match. It was a freaking predictable mess afterwards, but not that I'm upset with how this all ended, but I also think that oh, it was I'm a not. waste. I'm but. definitely not. I, I love I love how it ended. I really do. But No, uh, no, I'm I, I, I love I love how that how the show ended, but I think that it's going to be a waste, in my opinion. But eh, oh well. it is what it is. But you know what? At least he now can say, "Well, we'll get to it." But um, yeah. So first two in the chamber is who is it? Orton and Hardy, and they talk it up. And. Yeah, right? It is Orton and Hardy, isn't it? Yeah. And then... Yeah, they started off. Then Kofi comes in. Or no, Drew comes in, and then Kofi. And then the first person eliminated is Orton. Yeah, I I did not expect that. I thought that Orton would be eliminated somehow by Alexa or the Fiend interference. Right, that's what I said. That's what I said last week. And I was like, yep. what the fuck? He just lost. He just got pinned by Kofi. Yeah, it, it didn't seem it didn't seem right to me, but well, I, that's what they I did. I went so back whatever. and watched it over like three times. It was a legit pin. It was that's how it was supposed to be. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me to let him go first, but well, it oh made well. sense afterwards on Raw last or Raw last night. But I'll get to that after the chamber and everything's done. Um, yeah, so then, then, then once they see Orton RKOing the shit out of everyone, AJ's like, Amis, open up the back door. Okay, okay, boss, fucking rips open the fucking glass back door (laughs) that was just magically now there. (laughs) Yeah, he, uh, he got into the match earlier, which really... I mean, the, some of the announcers are saying it was wise, but I don't think it's wise to get into that match any earlier than you have to, my friend. Well, no, agreed, but when you see Randy Orton, RKO, Kofi, Drew, and Hardy, and you know that that is a very protected finisher, 
and you want to get in there and get a pin, you try to get those guys eliminated. Because after right. AJ comes in, then it's Sheamus. So... And now this is where I started to get a little trouble with the network. So I'm going to let you take over for a little bit and tell me exactly what was going on here. I caught the ending of it, but I didn't catch like in between after AJ came in. Yeah, no, they, so they were setting it up exactly how we had thought it was going to go as if Seamus was going to, you know, possibly pull this mm-hmm. off. But my, my, also my uh, network glitched out, but they, they all, I mean, they gave it their all. These were two of the best chamber matches I've seen in a while. And I like chamber. Um, obviously the first one we already talked about and then this one. Um, so I was baffled, like you said, by Orton being gone, but then these guys were just going nuts. You know, people had mentioned Kofi mania and he was given everything he could yeah. do. And he's incredible. You know, when you have Kofi in the ring, he'll go from the ropes to the top of the, you know, the chambers, he'll do whatever you got to do. But it, it looked as if, you know, you're going to get that final, that final straw where Seamus is going to take everybody out and so on and so forth. And lo and behold, not going to happen. Not the way we thought. And I'm thinking, man, Cody's not going to be too happy because Drew's going to keep this. And uh, Drew's going to look like this almighty and he's going to go on. Who are we going to have? What are we going to do? And Yeah. And then I, I saw the ending well, of the chamber, which was Seamus got eliminated before AJ. And I was like, Correct. oh shit. And everybody, <laughs> he goes to hop up on the on the freaking ropes, and my wife is pissed. She can't stand AJ Styles. She I don't lo- like I'm soccer sorry, mom. But I, I love AJ Styles. AJ Styles is one of my favorite wrestlers, period. I've watched him since 2005. Holy shit. He is like hands down second or third, in, in my opinion, number three in the top like best performers. It's Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles. Like AJ is incredible uh he's he's a phenomenal one i have one of his shirts and every time i put it on my wife rolls her eyes she she can't stand him but um he hopped up there to go for the phenomenal forearm and i'm like there's no way they're putting it on him right now and then wow fucking claymore Claymore in midair i was like hell yeah oh yeah claymore country baby and then the damn pods lift out of the way (laughs) <laughs> so as soon as you knew the claymore and then, one then you you knew this you knew this was gonna happen you knew okay here's the thing though i didn't i really didn't think they were gonna pull the cash in before mania i thought they'd do the cash in at mania due to the fact that he's still in that stupid ass program with bad bunny i thought so too but as soon as lashley comes in and starts annihilating oh, him i'm like him. Oh, I'm like this has this has nothing to do with Lashley versus McIntyre. This has nothing to do with it. This has nothing to do with Lashley being pissed about the U- United States title. Because it wouldn't nothing. be Drew that he'd be attacking. And he'd be attacking Morrison or Riddle. You would think, really? right? No, and and I'm like, no, this exactly has to do with the Miz's music is about to hit, and there it was. Mm-hmm. And hey, to to be fair. Whether or not this was planned by the Miz and MVP, fine. But the Miz waited until that dude was definitely not going to kick out. Like he got his ass handed to him, and then 
the, I mean, the Miz tried to pin without doing the skull crushing finale. Right. Had to did the, the D, did the DDT finale. like the shorthanded DDT, and then which is cool. Well, I love that DDT. That's one of the better DDTs, and I think that should be more of a finishing move because you're doing it shorter to the ground than doing it like the Jake Jake Roberts style where you drop him face first. Right. But it's so fast and impact mm-hmm. and impactful. Oh yeah, especially the way the Miz does it. He just uses his momentum just right. Oh yeah, I love I love the way the Miz does that DDT. But uh, no, he does the DDT. Drew kicks out, and it's like okay, so now it's going to be an actual match. Drew's going to claymore him, and it's going to be in the running succession where the last uh out of the last six Money in the Bank holders, right? No, out of the last five Money in the Bank holders, only one has successfully cashed in, which would have been Lesnar two years ago, I believe now. Oh, my God. When he did that stupid jukebox That thing. was the best Brock Lesnar ever, and I don't care what anybody says. That is the best version of Lesnar. <laughs> it was it was different, but... Whatever. And then when they actually brought out, like, the next week he brought out the actual Money in the Bank briefcase looking like a boombox, I was like, oh, they're going with this. They're fucking going with this, and I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, two years ago... You know what we should do? Hmm. I don't mean to interrupt, but we should do our favorite cash-in of all time. You pick one, I pick one, and talk about that sometime. Oh, I can do that right now, and... It it's the Miz's first one. That's my favorite cash in. Uh did he do that on Monday Night Raw? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did it on Monday Night Raw the night after Survivor Series, which was also the night that John Cena was fired for a month. Even though he wasn't fired, he was still on Raw every week, destroying the Nexus. It, don't get me started on that part of it. It was <laughs> but the cash in was really cool because it was it wasn't necessarily Orton was beaten down. Orton had a bummed ankle. Still could wrestle. The they did a cash in for a good, I don't know, it was like a 7 minute match. And Orton was going to go for an RKO and Miz just caught him in the skull crushing finale and took it out. Won the title. Yep, yep. And then the ending of that show is that little girl pissed off and i fucking love it so mad (laughs) like that little girl won a slammy like a legit slammy for best fan reaction really (laughs) nine years old or something just pissed oh my god i was so i was so great like that that is that's why it's one of my favorite cashes because it's like it was a good match like a good solid seven minute match with a minor injury that could have impaired Orton, but Miz still came out on top. Mm-hmm. Almost the same thing here, where it's Miz knows that Drew is beaten down by Lashley, but he still tries to make a quote-unquote match out of it, which only lasted like a minute or two, which is fine. Right. But if I, w- I swear to God, if I would have seen Drew McIntyre hit a Claymore, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> It would have really sucked if they uh, if they made Miz fail mm-hmm. on that cash in. Yeah, I hate I hate I hate a wasted cash in. I really do. I hate it. Well, let's see here. Cena dealt with a uh, failed cash in. That's fine. 
Baron Corbin. Uh, no, no, uh, Damian Sandow. He won Money in the Baron Bank. Baron Corbin. And he went against John Cena. And then, th- that was the one I didn't understand. Damian Sandow comes in after John Cena gets his ass kicked, cashes in, and then they still have like a 12-minute match, a competitive match, where Cena won. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? That You go to commercial break and then you see a match happening. No, the cash-in should have happened, should have been five seconds, and Damian Sandow should have been world champion. End of story. So that was a waste. Damien Sandow. Dude, the guy got himself over more times than I can count. Mizdow. Exactly, right there. That right there. That is number one. Uh Baron Corbin next failed cash in. Uh trash. You know, it I hate to say it made sense for a storyline purpose, but it made sense for a storyline purpose. Yeah. Um and then, who was after Corbin? Who won the money in the bank after Corbin? Because that would have been... Oh, that would have been 2016 Corbin won? Let's, uh... I can look it up for you. Because... Really 2020 was Otis. And Miz, technically. But Otis won the money in the bank match. Um, I know Lesnar won two years ago in twenty yeah in twenty nineteen. Okay. Seamus in fifteen, Ambrose in sixteen. Yep. Baron Corbin in seventeen. Yep. And let's see. Oh, it just flipped up on me, I'm sorry. Um nineteen. Eighteen. Brock Lesnar. Who won in 18? Oh, I'm sorry. Braun Strowman. That's the other one. Okay. So, Corbin, Strowman. Who was before Corbin? Ambrose? Yes. Okay, so Corbin, Strowman, Lesnar, Otis, Miz. So, I take that back. I'm sorry. Two out of the last five that's held the briefcase cashed in successfully. Strowman's went to a no contest, which was stupid. Baron Corbin's got yep. ruined because of Cena. Yep. Otis's was a joke to begin with. Yeah, I don't understand I, that. It, 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 oh. it was a Vinceism. It, that's what it was. It Vince loved Otis so much they were going to give him the briefcase, and then they did nothing with him for five months. Yeah, it was, that was a waste, and then having Miz waste it before WrestleMania is a waste. Uh, Before Mania, eh, I mean, he did it already before Mania the first time. He did it before TLC, technically, the first time. And then he had that long string of nothing matches until Cena and WrestleMania. It just sucks to me because I feel like they're about to pull it right off of him at Fastlane. Fastlane? How about next week on Raw? Mm. So, let's get to Raw. If they do that, then it's even more of a win. Well, here's the thing. Let's get to Raw. Opens up with Miz with the championship. Now, what do you Mm -hmm. think his side plates are? 
Oh, I didn't even see yet. Did he leave him as McIntyre's M? No. They're the stupid-ass fucking default plates flipped upside down. Oh, why not? That's how his pants are, too. I get that, but come on! They couldn't have just done that with, like, Miz? Like, they couldn't have done the W upside upside down with IZ with the plate? You know what I or mean? Or awesome or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like they could have done like one side Miz and the other side awesome. No, they just fucking flipped the fucking originals upside down because now you know Lashley's going to take the fucking title off of him. Yeah, well. I mean, you never know. They could be baiting us. They could be just Really? They're baiting us. us. You think Bad Bunny's going to challenge for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania? Because if you do, there's a problem. No, my problem is, is uh, they're going to take this off of Miz if this is how they're going, just to put Bobby Lashley in the main event. And to me, he doesn't deserve to be Bullshit. in the main event. He doesn't no, deserve he to be, needs WWE to be in the main event. He is a main event caliber superstar, and there's no two ways about that. That man is a dominant motherfucker. He's dumber than a box of rocks. So is Brock fucking Lesnar. But you know what? He is a beast. Both of them suck on the mic too. Both, Both of them, them are NCAA the champions. Both of them exactly. are huge powerhouse motherfuckers. I take steroids and I eat meat for dinner and I don't know how to talk in a microphone. That's those two idiots. That's fine. You're going to put those two apes in a ring? Great. I'm okay with that. I would love to see Lesnar and Lashley tear the fuck out of each other. Boring. Goldberg and Lesnar was one thing. That was boring. But Lashley and Lesnar? Holy shit, that could actually be a good match. I do. I, good luck I'm that. sorry. I think that would be a great, awesome match. Honestly, I think that would that, that match, at, if that was at a Mania, it would tear the house down, honestly, because that would be two big-ass bulls just locking horns with each other the entire time. I hope that they go to Mania and they do that and they get booed the whole time because they're both trash. No, people want to see it. There are a lot of people that want to see it. Bunch of dumb people want to see that. <laughs> That's not entertaining. That's not entertaining. And now nobody can cash in on that and ruin that match either. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I would rather see those two go <laughs> at it and see who's actually better. Both of them have dominated MMA. The... Both of them are NCAA champions. Both of them are fucking great amateur wrestlers. Lashley went on a tear in Impact Wrestling, winning the X-Division Championship, the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, the Grand Championship, which was a stupid fucking title and rule set to begin with, and what was the other one? The fucking King of the Mountain title, or the Legends title, or the Hall of Fame title, or whatever fucking name it was going by that month. He went, they gave him a fucking tear where he had every singles championship in the company for like four or five months total. Well, like you said, they gave it to him. Everything's given. Everything is given. And he ran with those fucking balls and went with it. He's a joke, man. Look up the fights that he got annihilated in UFC. You won't say he dominated UFC anymore. Who, Lesnar? He's a joke. Yeah. Oh, no, Lesnar got his ass whooped when he needed to get his ass whooped. I'm not going to disagree with that. 
he can't stand with a with an actual MMA fighter. Mm-mm. He's a big boy. I would not want to fight Brock Lesnar. I told you I'd slap Brock Lesnar in the face, but I wouldn't want to fight the guy. No way. So wait, you're telling me that if you had the chance to slap Brock Lesnar dead in the face, you'd fucking do it with no hesitation? Oh, fuck yeah. Now, do you... I just need somebody to film it. Do you think you could outrun the fucker after you do it? Because <laughs> I can tell you mm. the answer's no. <laughs> Is that multiple choice? <laughs> no, that's one answer. No. And that answer is no. You ain't going to beat that motherfucker. When he tried out for the hey, fucking... When he tried out for the Minnesota Vikings, his 40 time, his 40 time, also with a hernia and a torn groin, still a 4.5. Yeah, I mean, for a boy that big... That's fast. With a He's hernia moving. and a torn groin. 4.5. I think if he's healthy, he's catching your fucking ass. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe maybe I'd just uh, do like that tabletop prank to him. I have like, you know, Kevin Hart go behind his knee and I push him over him or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I still think you're going to die. There, there's no making, making that guy funny. There's no way to make him laugh. It, it would be worth it. Uh, it'd be worth it if somebody filmed it and me getting killed after that. It'd be great. Oh yeah, all the proceeds go to Matt's family <laughs> and the funeral. Go fund me because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Pretty much. No, I mean it is what it is. Whatever happens, oh, happens. Shit. But uh, but so I mean it's um, it's crazy. Miz celebrates with the title on Raw. They open up the show, and then. Uh, Lashley and MVP come out and say, you have a debt to owe and we're going to collect it. You have one hour to either say yes or no, or if you say no, you're going to die. Which is pretty much how it went. Hour goes up and Miz says, I need more time. He's being a chicken shit heel, which is what I love about the Miz. He is like the perfect chicken shit heel that just doesn't want to fight is forced to fight when he needs to. I love it. Lashley's ready to compete. He's in his gear. All of a sudden, Strowman comes out. Hates what happened that he wasn't in the chamber match. Mm-hmm. Which Adam Pierce again fucking says, hey, it was for former WWE champions. You are a former Universal champion. Therefore, you were not eligible to compete. And he thinks that sucks. Well, Shane McMahon comes out. So now Mania is going to be, and I'm calling it right now, WrestleMania will be Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Yep. What? I'm calling that right now. That's two weeks in a row. There's two weeks in a row that Strowman has called out Shane saying that his decision making is bullshit. What a waste of Braun Strowman. What a waste of Shane McMahon. Fuck Braun Strowman. What a waste of Shane McMahon. Fuck that. Shane McMahon should be behind the scenes anyway. But that's well, cool. he actually has it in his contract where he has to do two matches a year. And one of them is usually at Mania. Can't wait to see him put the garbage can in the ropes and kick somebody's head with it. Oh, hey, that's a fucking highlight so cool. spot. You fucking know it. It's so cool. It was cool the first three times. 
four times, five times, six times. No, it was cool like once, dude. I'm sorry. I still I, I think it's impressive that the fucker can do it in the first place. I always like his choice of shoes. Right? But always, always looking good. Oh, he's man. super fly. He he's like the coolest rich white guy. <laughs> Speaking of super fly, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me. I think Miz is the best looking WWE champion, hands down. Uh, okay, I need to I need to have clarification like, here. Like, as in, like he looks like a superstar in the suit. Yeah, like. He looks like he that title looks great. Like he wears the brand new suit. He's got the fresh haircut. He's got the belt. Like he looks the part. Like go to Good Morning America. Yeah. Blah blah blah. He's obviously yes. I I love the Miz. I want him to hold the I title do too. But I know it's he's not gonna, gonna happen. Get de- he's gonna get destroyed. Yeah, he's gonna get destroyed. So but at least he yeah, looks good. Well, later <laughs> in the night, or the main event, I should say, is Bobby Lashley versus Strowman. And if Strowman wins. Then, then next week, it is not going to be Lashley versus Miz for the title. It will be Lashley versus Miz versus Strowman for the title. Now, how come, how come, oh, just Lashley gets on right into this. He, he messes up the whole thing so that Miz can mm-hmm. cash in, but he just gets, oh, number one contendership, and he can even lose to freaking Strowman and still get a match. Um, well, that's the thing. Drew McIntyre is nowhere to be seen on this Raw whatsoever. He's really selling this shit from Lesnar, or from Lashley. Yeah. That's odd, man. I'm pretty sure that he's coming after Lashley at some point. Well, I think it's going to be him versus Lashley at Mania for the title. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. The way they're pushing this, Lashley's winning the championship Monday. Which, by the way, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched Raw yet, uh, Strowman does not win the match. He gets his ass destroyed by Lashley. Like, Lashley pretty much manhandles Strowman like he's a five-pound infant. Oh, and now I gotta watch it. It, it, was, it was a very dominant victory by Bobby Lashley, to say the least. That's sweet. I don't know if Hulu will have it up tonight when uh, we're done yeah, with the podcast, but I am Hulu going to usually look. has it up at 2 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday morning. Take a look. But uh, the thing that I really want to talk about about Raw, though. <laughs> okay. Oh. I love me some hokey shit. I love me some spooky supernatural bullshit that's been going on with Taker, Kane, Mankind, recently with The Fiend. I'm okay with it. It, I understand it. It needs to be part of wrestling. Randy Orton is in the middle of cutting a fucking promo about how he doesn't like failures, about how the word failure does not um, surround him quite often. He failed at winning the Rumble, failed capturing the title at Elimination Chamber, and he's wondering what the distraction is because... The Fiend was a distraction, and he burnt that motherfucker alive. So now the distraction is Alexa Bliss. And they cut back to Alexa being in the pentagram, and then go back to Orton. Well, Orton starts coughing a little bit in the middle of this promo, and I'm thinking, oh, they just caught him, you know, (laughs) 
you know, in the middle of a promo. It happens. It's real life. That actually makes promos look a little bit better, in my opinion. Right after he does that, he continues to try to speak. But then he puts his hand over his mouth. And this black, icky goop comes out of his mouth into his hand. And he looks at it. And then he runs off camera. Hmm. Is he possessed by the fiend? I don't know. But all that reminded me of was 1991? Either 90 or 91. Maybe even earlier. Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior. You want to talk about some hokey shit. Papa Shango, or Shango, however you want to pronounce the fucking name. For you, who might know who he is, Matt, is the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Or whatever name you know him as uh, back from the Attitude Era. Yeah, oh boy. He tried to put a curse on the Ultimate Warrior... And black goop was coming from the warrior's eyes. And his head. Right. Now this is 1980, between 1988 and 91. Boy, I'm glad I wasn't around. This is the kids era. Like the golden era of wrestling with like little kids watching this. And then he goes into the doctor's room or the trainer's room or whatever you want to call it back then. And he just starts up chucking on these fucking trainers. <laughs> going. <laughs> and I just start losing my shit after I see Orton with the black goop in his hand. I'm like, oh no. We're not doing more Papa Shango. God, no. Uh, I guess we'll find out, but... Man, I wonder if... A, I'll like, send you the is... video link for the Ultimate Warrior thing. And B, I'll send you the link for Orton. Because if you watch the two back-to-back, which I did, it is funnier than shit. <laughs> That's nuts, man. I... What an old-school way to go about it, but I mean... If you're going to go on about this, like, possession thing, like, what's holding him back and da-da-da, she did say that when The Fiend comes back, he'll be scarier than ever, so. Right, and that's the thing. Somebody went in as far as Meta dug into this and fucking went. So when she first debuted in NXT, she was, like, this pixie character. And pixies are known for healing. Well, every time Bray would put his hand over... Alexa, it was the heel hand. So now people are speculating that the hurt hand is Orton. And after Orton's finally quote-unquote possessed, Bray will come back as Bray, and all three of them will act as the Fiend. Hmm. That's a stretch, in my opinion. That's a fucking grasping at straws stretch, yes. Yeah, I think I think the Fiend comes back soon. Mania? 
He has I to don't come know back exactly, to face Order Mania. Has to somewhere in there, but he's it's gonna be sweet, dude. Oh yeah, it's gonna be doubt. sweet. This is gonna be one of the most anticipated. Um, they they want it to be scary, man. Like they want it to be scary. So I'm excited to see what they do. I am also excited to see what they do with Order of the Fiend. I can't wait. So, just real quick back to the Miz. He is now the only one in the history books with this interesting stat. He is a two-time Grand Slam champion and the only one in the company's history. When you say two times, he's he's held all of the titles at least twice? Is that what you're saying? All of the he's held the tag team titles at least twice. He's held the Intercontinental at least twice. He's held the U.S. at least twice, and he's held the World Title at least twice, or the WWE Championship, I should say, at least twice. You know who's behind him? Edge is behind him by one U.S. title reign. Okay. Kofi is behind him by one WWE title reign. Oh, right. And uh, what was the who was the other one that was a weird one that I thought would pop up? Oh, Sheamus is a uh, is one U.S. title win away from being a two time Grand Slam champion. Ooh, you got a couple ways that that could go about being like a new a new goal to hit. People want to match Miz or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, like two years, two or three years ago, that that was like all the rage, like. Everybody that needed to be a Grand Slam champion became a Grand Slam champion in like a like yep. a, a year or two span. Like it was Hardy, Orton, Ziggler, fucking like there was just a whole bunch of old dudes that needed to get that Grand Slam win, and they finally got it. And I'm like, what the what the hell's going on here? Like Reigns became a Grand Slam champion. I think it was, yeah, Reigns, Ambrose, and Rollins all became Grand Slam champions within a year. It's like a year and a year and a half, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? You know what's interesting? And you'll think it's funny, haha, it's never going to happen. John Cena is not. Yeah, he needs an Intercontinental title win to be a Grand Slam champion. A Grand Slam champion. And I'm surprised that he's never, never even been in the talks of having a title run with that. And I wonder why that is. That would be a cool, like, a little research thing. Maybe there's an actual reason why, but, I mean, right. he's always been a main event kind of guy for them. But Well, he won He won the U.S. title, which was his first singles title at WrestleMania 20. He's had a boatload of mixed match partners for the tag titles. He's won the World and WWE Championships, respectively. So, it it is what it is, I guess. But I, and it, it was weird too that he's never, and I don't think he's ever challenged for the Intercontinental Championship either. Like not, not once. to my recollection. No, not to my recollection. Like I say, it's my that's my guy, and uh, not. I mean, it is what it is. Like I'm not going to gripe about it, but I think it would be cool to make him a Grand Slam champion. I think it'd be cool to see Cena as a Grand Slam champion. How could you? Because, I mean, a lot of them are already Grand Slam champions. Ric Flair's a Grand Slam champion. Um, 
Rey Mysterio is a Grand Slam champion. Oh, that was another one. Rey Mysterio is one WWE championship away from being a two-time Grand Slam. Wow. I don't know that we'll see we'll that We'll never see that happen in our lifetime, easily. I think Rey Mysterio's done. Also, speaking of Rey yeah, Mysterio... Prince Mysterio will take over. Speaking of Rey Mysterio... That fucking heel turn from Otis on SmackDown last Friday. That was stupid. Odd. Very, very, very odd. odd. I was like, really? You're going to have the heavy set jolly guy fucking now turn heel with Chad Gable, who is Kurt Angle 2.0? Really? Shorty Gable. That was stupid. <laughs> shut up. Gable. Just shut up. That was stupid. Shorty G was uh, the stupidest fucking my homie. gimmick in the world. My homie Shorty G, what can I say? Well, it is what it is. Where were we? Well, I'm going to talk about one real thing before we go to the SummerSlam, which kind of intertwines with SummerSlam. Um, so, Nick Densmore, who you may know as Eugene, which we will talk about in, o- in the 05 review, uh, mm-hmm. did an episode of Talk as Jericho, where he spoke on why Vince McMahon didn't want to turn him heel as Eugene. Vince didn't want to do that because he didn't want to compromise any gimmicks or wrestlers going forward. Is this just a gimmick? Think about it now. Thinking about it now, I would have proposed multiple personalities, something you could have come out as one personality. Eugene is a sweet guy, but this is what I am. So, I don't remember when... It was that they were going to try to turn him heel, like Eugene heel. He was getting mad at people. I think he was getting consistently mad after the whole SummerSlam thing, which we will talk about uh, later. But people were, you know, booing him. And he was getting, quote-unquote, mad at it. Because, why are you booing me? I thought you guys liked me. I thought you were my friends. You know, type of thing. And then they just put the kibosh to that fucking quick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Eugene is a character that did not age well. <laughs> at all. No, I never was big on it at all. So. Um, but yeah, it, Nick, Nick Densmore is a very talented wrestler, I will say that. But that character turning heel is probably a stretch. You probably could make it work, but it's a huge stretch beyond the whole thing. So, with that, we're going to go to the Anchor.fm ad, and then we're going to go into the SummerSlam 05 review. First time viewer with Matt, and possibly one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. So, here we go. Anchor.fm is our sponsor this week. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We are going to be talking about our matches here with Matt, first-time viewer of SummerSlam 05. This is the first time you ever watched this pay-per-view in its entirety. Correct. Okay. Have you watched any of these matches on, like, a compilation disc or something? Never actually never seen any one of these matches okay. until the other day. Did you did you need do you need any context 
while we're talking about it, if you have any questions, you know. If I if I do need refreshed, I'll just have you fill me in because you have these things like memorized. I, I'm I'm very amazed by you. Thank you. But uh, they they definitely did well. Um, it was I'll just tell you straight up one of my favorite pay per views I've ever watched. That was cool. Right. It was it was a good um, pay per view. Um, I miss fans. Oh my god, do I miss fans? Right. Yeah. Because I I went from watching our current pay per view Elimination uh-huh. Chamber with the TVs and everything. To watching this, I watched it. I watched it yesterday evening with dinner and everything, and I was like, "Oh my god, I miss fans so right, much!" Exactly, the fans were in it. Little Dominic Mysterio was in it. <laughs> um, and that was the thing that really—that was one of the things that irked me was Dominic. But I'll get to that when we get to that match. For sure, um, I—I thought it was great. Um, it was a fun match. They did a good job of. Uh, incorporating the storylines like they didn't repeat themselves too much they just got to the point that this is why this match is happening boom mm-hmm. great matches um freaking starting off with these cool so yeah we'll start off with that well actually we're gonna start off with this it was i did happen to watch the sunday night heat before this because that was the one thing i liked about the pre the quote-unquote pre-show when they did it it was Sunday Night Heat. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember Sunday Night Heat or not. I don't. Okay, so Sunday Night Heat obviously was on Sundays, and it would always be on. It would be on the hour before any pay per view, usually. Okay. And when you watch it live, and it was usually live when it was pay per view night, they would have. One or two matches, and you get to see the preview set of the pay-per-view. So, on this uh, particular night, it was Chris Masters versus The Hurricane, with which, by the way, I love I love Rosie. I love Roman Reigns' brother. He is a very good wrestler and a very good character. Um, his acronym was Superhero in Training. S-H-I-T. <laughs> no way. Yep, they they actually got away with that. Um wow. <laughs> and Super Stacy, also known as Stacy Keebler because they had nothing better for a long-legged blonde. Um <laughs> I like Stacy Keebler. I love Stacy Keebler. Her and George Clooney will make awesome babies. Um <laughs> But um yeah, no, Sunday Night Heat always did a rundown like the night of the pay-per-view when it was a Sunday night heat, they'd always do a rundown of the pay-per-view and you get to see like the matches, but you'd also have a match and it would still somewhat try to have a storyline into the next, into the next hour, which was the top of the hour for the pay-per-view to try to get those last minute buys. But Sunday night heat was always like one of those one hour specials every Sunday that, you know, you could watch it, and you could. They'd run over Raw. They'd run over SmackDown. They'd do what they could to get everybody viewed onto the show. It was more or less for lower mid card, lower card talent to get uh, some time on TV. Um, but yeah, that that singles match only went like two minutes, and makes sense. It was it was on Sunday Night Heat, like I said, and you know it was just a crowd bumper. That's all it was. Um, 
first match of the night, though, for SummerSlam officially is Chris Benoit versus Orlando Jordan in a 25-second match that went by Crippler Crossface. <laughs> yeah, and it was cool, too. Like, I, I, miss, I miss some of these guys in there and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy, you know, and obviously he's not with us anymore, so it's even... It's even more cool, if, if I may say that way, to see that match. I, he, for context, you do understand what happened with him, right? Oh, I I completely understand why he's not here anymore. Okay, I just, saying, I, I just... Using the word cool I and Crispin Waugh in the same sentence in this day and age, not really a good thing. No, no, no. <laughs> Cool, cool because I miss seeing him. <laughs> right, wrestling. I you know I agree with you. I miss I miss his work. I I honestly I think he'd be retired by now. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it. What happened sucked, but at, this match was very interesting because he would he would continue on doing this shit with Orlando Jordan for about three or four weeks, and each time it would become less and less time for him to beat Orlando Jordan. Like, there was actually a couple times where he tried uh, being comical, which it did work. It showed some of his personality. He would make a competition with himself. Who who, who would win? Me tapping out Orlando Jordan or me making a cup of coffee? Well, beat it, he beat himself tapping out Orlando Jordan making a cup of coffee. Or what would be faster, me tapping out Orlando Jordan at SummerSlam or me taking a piss? Well, he went to go take a piss and he fucking came out, still, didn't, still beat Orlando Jordan getting tapped out. Uh, a couple times on SmackDown, it was like Orlando Jordan tapped out at 23 seconds, and then he tapped out at 19 seconds. Then he tapped out in 16 seconds. And I was like, okay, so they're just jobbing out Orlando Jordan. Who, I'll be honest with you, I don't even remember. Yeah, there's a lot. It was after the WWE that you remember him and you don't want to. He was like, he was openly gay. And or by or whatever he was, and and there's nothing wrong with. It. I'm not trying to like dismean it or anything. It was just like, so. Ultimate Warrior had a huge campaign against the gays in Arizona as like a governor or a senator or something. Okay. And he goes and has a match with Orlando Jordan. Huh. Yeah. And then Orlando Jordan goes to TNA and makes this fucking weird character. Holy God, he's like rubbing lotion on himself, like trying to talk to like Rob Terry. And I'm like, I'm creeped the fuck right out. Um, Speaking of being creeped right the fuck out, uh, the next match. Now, do you know anything about what happened like with the next match between Edge and Hardy? So... If I remember properly, it was like a stole your girlfriend kind of skit, right? Well, it wasn't a skit. It happened in oh, real life. Oh yeah, that was real life. And they turned it into yeah the storyline. Mm-hmm. So, a okay. little bit of backstory on this for you. Two thousand five. Matt Hardy and Kane, which we will talk about that storyline at a later date. Where they make Kane a sympathetic sympathetic rapist. Go WWE. Be a star. Um, <laughs> be yeah. a star. 
So they make Cain a sympathetic rapist by having him rape and impregnate Lita. Find out that the kid is not Matt's, it's Cain's. SummerSlam 2004, they have a first and only till death do you part match where the winner of the match gets the right to marry Lita. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, two weeks later, they have the wedding ceremony. Matt Hardy gets written off TV at the wedding ceremony where he gets choke slammed off the stage and the tables to heal a leg injury. During that leg injury, he finds out that Amy Dumont, better known as Lita, and Adam Copeland, better known as Edge, uh, have a real-life affair due to the fact that Edge calls Lita's phone in the middle of the night and Matt Hardy picked up and heard the voicemail. And on the voicemail it said from Edge, Lita, I don't know if you're going to tell Matt or if you're going to stay with Matt. I really want to know if these feelings really hurt and I, I really want to know what's going on. Well, he runs back upstairs and pulls the covers off of Lita off the bed and go, well, we're going to play a game and it's why the fuck are you lying, you cheating bitch. Oh boy. So as that storyline is progressing in, in the wrestling world, in real life, Matt Hardy gets released from WWE. Because they don't know how how the dynamic between the three of them is going to work. Okay. So, in storyline, Matt Hardy, or uh, Lita, is married to Kane. In the Gold Rush Tournament Finals, to determine who's going to face Dave Batista for the world title, uh, Lita is going to help Kane, because he's been helping her with Trish Stratus's problem. So she takes the... She takes the briefcase away from Edge because he was about to use it. Kane choke slams him. Kane then gets distracted by Lita and the ref, and Lita kicks the briefcase back over to Edge on purpose, smashes the briefcase over Kane's head, wins, and then her and him walk off to the ramp and start doing this hardcore makeout session in the middle of the fucking ramp on live television. Divorces Kane on storyline. Matt Hardy comes back unannounced. Then Vince McMahon, two weeks later, brings him back completely. And then the match was announced for SummerSlam between Edge and Hardy. It was a damn it, fight. So, I don't know about you, but... If I had to go to work with the guy that was banging my girlfriend or fiance or wife or anything and had to co-work with him and trust him, th I'm killing this him. would not be it. <laughs> I'm killing him. Now, I don't like the way the match ended because, yes, it was a fight. And they wanted to make sure that these guys, you know, did what they could. But Matt got concussed hard after he hit that ring post. Oh, my God. Oh, hands down. 
He could barely look straight out mm-hmm. into the freaking fans. He was just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the fans, though, were like the big part of this match. I don't know if you heard the chants or not, but a couple of them were, She's got herpes. She's got herpes. <laughs> and another one is, She's uh. a whore. She's a whore. This is Washington, D.C., by the way, not Philadelphia. If this was Philadelphia, it was explainable. But this is Washington, D.C., and they're doing this shit. Right, right, right. Hey, sometimes the fans are crazy. You never know what you're going to get. Now, the next pay-per-view was Unforgiven, and those two fought in a steel cage. Edge, on his documentary, said, even though the worst part of my life happened during that year, I... Still would have tr- I still would have trusted Matt with all the faith in the world to drop that leg drop off the top of the cage. If there was one person that I would want want trusted to do that, it'd be him. Regardless of the fact that they were having an affair on Matt Hardy, and that these two were friends and now they're pissed at each other, and they still were in a co-working environment and still getting shit done. Motherfucker jumped off a 15-foot high cage... On the edge's neck, and he—that fe- was the most comfortable Edge ever felt. Hmm. Like how fucking weird yeah, is you that? Know, if you can trust the person you're working with, then that's that's awesome. Good for them for pulling it off. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten everything back together now. You know, they're not—they're uh, not as mad at each other. There's, you know, there's still going to be that tension there because of what happened, but. It is what it is. Well, neither one of them's with her, right? No, I don't even know who the fuck she's with now. Edge is with Beth Phoenix, and Matt Hardy's with uh, Rebby Sky or whatever the fuck her name is. Hmm. So, next match. Do you need back? Do you need backstory on this match, Matt? <laughs> Rey Mysterio for Eddie Guerrero in a ladder match for, and I quote. The custody of Dominic. <laughs> to be honest, great match, but stupid stipulation, man. You're really gonna, you're really gonna do this. You you wasted how many weeks of TV time talking about how he's not really the father and blah blah blah. It was whatever. So I didn't like the it. The reason the reason that stipulation came about was because in Eddie's autobiography. He actually talks about having a one-night stand with a hooker, and she had a child. But we don't know who that child was. He never named it. So they just took that part of real life, mixed it in with wrestling, and apparently Dominic was a trooper in school. (laughs) Because your life gets changed upside down when people are like, so is it real, Dominic? Are you really Eddie's kid? Are you, like, people were actually legitimately asking him that. <laughs> That's crazy. And then 15 years later, Seth Rollins tries to bring it up again, but this time with Aaliyah. Yeah, for real. I was like, what? What are the really, odds of that? Really, we're going to do that again? What the fuck? You can't get some new... Can't get some new content. It took them 15 years to drag that storyline back up. I'll give them the fucking... The fact that they waited that long. I'll give them that. 
the match A, it was one of Rey Mysterio's only ladder matches. Like I think he I think he's only had like five or six ladder matches in the in the entirety of his career. Okay. And that's a long span of just ladder matches. Yeah, and it was uh I mean, in my opinion, it was a good match. It was a fucking car wreck. They did beat the shit out of that each other. Match, that match scared... I watched that pay-per-view over again. I watched that match specifically over again. The spot where Rey Mysterio has the letter leaned on another one, climbs up it, and then backdrops Eddie onto the back ladder, and the whole thing just crumbles, and you see Rey Mysterio like just fucking just mangled mess in the ladder that's open. God, does that still give me goosebumps every time I watch it? Oh, that's one of my favorite. Um, that's one of my favorite ladder crashes, and my all-time favorite ladder crash was when Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania went through it when it was attached to the ring mm-hmm. and the the guardrail, the guardrail or whatever feel, and he just folds in it. His head's all jacked up and everything. Yeah, that was that was my favorite ladder. This is my third favorite ladder match. My second is uh, TLC 2, 2001 at WrestleMania 17 with Edge, Christian, Hardys, and Dudleys. That was great match. That is a great match. And my favorite ladder match is SummerSlam 95, where it's Michaels and Diesel. Razor Ramon. Michaels and Razor Ramon at SummerSlam. Yeah, hell yeah. I knew the, that's where you were going. The second with that. ladder match. The first ladder match was really good too, but the second one really, really brought in more uh, dynamic and more uh, dramatic feel with the two ladders and everything. But I don't know if it'll. I don't know if it'll surprise you, but ladder matches are my favorite matches in WWE. I love when they got. I love ladder matches them. too, but they got to do them right. They can't. They got to be sporadically. They can't be. This is why I hate gimmick matches or gimmick gimmick pay per views. That's why I think they should all be changed different names and spread out, you know, dramatically when they need to be happening. I'd like two ladder matches a year. Keep me waiting for it, you know. Maybe one, and that's want, maybe Money in the one? Bank. I love Money in the Bank. But anyway, um, you already know that. You've seen my briefcase. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know if you, because we watch this on the network, but I know yep. of a certain spot that got edited. So when Eddie puts the ladder on top of Ray, when Ray's on the bottom rung, and he's like finagling okay. with the briefcase, Vicky Guerrero was supposed to come out and tip the ladder over. Right, right there. at that moment, yeah. So when you see Ray fucking trying to move off the bottom rung <laughs> and Eddie's like dangling from the briefcase and then he then Ray drags him like moves him one way and then lands on his one foot and I'm like oh how did he not break his fucking ankle <laughs> All you see is Eddie do this on the mat You don't hear him I have a compilation disc of ladder matches where they didn't edit that part out. <laughs> oh boy. Where the fuck was Vicky? Where is she? Where the fuck is Vicky? That's all you hear Eddie say. Oh my God. He's screaming at the top of his lungs and the camera's caught it. And I'm like, oh, that is funnier than shit. 
Because at that point, the match was the match was basically it was supposed to be, to be done, and they had to go another five minutes. <laughs> Jeez Louise! And I'm just no wonder they edited it. I'm just like, oh, that's well, yeah, because he goes, "Where the fuck is Vicky? Where the fuck is she? Where the fuck is Vicky?" He says "fuck" like three or four times audibly, and you can hear it. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, it was, that's why it's one of my favorites on top of all the wreckage. It's just Eddie screaming, where the fuck is she? <laughs> awesome. Um, but then, Rey Mysterio climbs the ladder, grabs a briefcase, Dominic's happy. That was the one gripe I had about this match, was every time they go back to Dominic, he didn't look like he was showing any fucking emotion. Yeah, I don't think he knew what to do at that point. It looked he like was he was eight. falling asleep. Yep. Well, the the one the one camera shot they go to him and they go back to the ring real quick is because they caught him in the middle of yawning. <laughs> yep. He's like eight years old. He's supposed yeah. to be sleeping at this time, and you have him on fucking yeah. jet lag. He's supposed to go to school the next past, day. <laughs> past his bedtime. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it, it's still one of the, one of the better matches on the card, and at a total of twenty minutes and nineteen seconds. Uh, the second longest match of the card. Next match, we were just talking about him. It's Eugene defending, and I can't believe I'm going to say it this way, defending Kurt Angle's gold medal against Kurt Angle. <laughs> because, so I, did, I know you probably didn't watch any Raws or anything to uh, watch this pay-per-view. So you probably need a little backstory no. on this. Uh, the backstory is it should have never happened, but please. So Kurt Angle for like the last two months was doing this call, so-called Kurt Angle Invitational. Jobbers and, you know, low-card talent would uh, accept this Invitational. And once he got in the ring with them, it was for three minutes. Every time. And if you pinned Angle, submitted Angle, or lasted the three minutes, you get his gold medal. Well, the time before Eugene won, it was a jobber, and he almost lasted three minutes. He got the three seconds before Angle just made him tap out. Then Eugene comes into play. Angle's fucking around with Eugene, taking his sweet old time. And then Eugene hulks, quote-unquote, hulks up and throws Angle out the ring with like eight or seven seconds left. And the time goes up and then he gets his medal. Well, then the month after that, it's Eugene doing the Invitational. And then Angle challenges him at SummerSlam, no time limit. You, me, for the gold medal. This... Kills him. Kills him. Holy shit. The fact that Eugene got any offense in was because of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Kurt Angle looked like an unstoppable human being in that match. Oh my god. If, like JR said on commentary, if Kurt Angle stayed at that level... There was no way he could be beaten. Right. 
and then people think he was in phenomenal shape. Oh, he phenomenal shape. I still think he did better work in TNA when he went. My opinion, I think his best work was in TNA. But it's a, it's a it's a fair opinion. A lot of a lot of guys um, perform astronomically um, outside of WWE. Yeah, because there's not that Vince umbrella. And it's not it's not it's yep. not like Vince is saying don't do this, don't do that. It's just Vince only gives you so much time because he thinks that other matches are more important, so you can't get all your shit in. Yep. And Kurt Angle is one of those good storytellers in my opinion. Oh yeah. Broken freaking neck. Mm-hmm. Uh next match we go to Randy Orton versus the Undertaker in a WrestleMania twenty one rematch. And, uh, you know, the only reason this match was happening was because they drafted Orton from Raw to SmackDown. That was it. He was off for three or four months due to a shoulder injury due to WrestleMania 21. And they just put him in a match with Undertaker. Get that rivalry kept on going. That rivalry went from WrestleMania 21 to Armageddon of that year. That's from April to December. That is a long-ass rivalry for that time period. Uh, You know, Orton gets his win back with the help of his... with the help of the fan, or his father, as we all knew. Once once they tore off that makeup, it's like, really, they had to wear makeup to get his father involved? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... He said in the old Untold documentary between him and Taker, uh, the person that did Eric Bischoff's makeup did this makeup for his father, and he said all it did was make it look like my dad was a shitload older. Everybody knew it was Bob Orton in the crowd. Sure. And he's and he literally looked at the camera and said, "So to the guy who did my dad's makeup, fuck you. You ruined that angle." Oh boy. <laughs> he was livid. When he was doing that interview, I was like, oh, shit, this is real. (laughs) Uh, Taker taking one of the worst RKO's beforehand, before this match. My God. When Taker took an RKO, like, three or four times before this match happened, it it was horrible. It was like he was taking a swinging neck breaker in midair. Right, right, right. I was like, "What? Why? Just why?" The, the, you're saying the cell, the cell was not good. No, oh my god! So when Orton would go for it, the last time before this match, Orton went for it, and Taker just like spun his entire body so that he took a flat back bump on top of Orton taking a flat back bump. <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" Uh, um, yeah, some of the. There was something else. I don't know if it was necessarily in that match, but some of the selling and oh, I'll I know where I'm going with that. Uh, continue on with this match, but some of the selling back then was not very good. <laughs> I will give you the backstory on that match when we get to because I think I know which match you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, Randy Orton defeated the Undertaker. That just pretty much prolonged the rivalry, which was what it needed. Um, 
And then a young babyface, John Cena, coming off the highest win of his career, coming from the number one draft pick on Raw to go against Chris Jericho at SummerSlam for the WWE Championship. This was a very interesting match for a few reasons. One of them was because of the crowd. You could definitely tell this was the start of Cena. Let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Like this was like the precursor to that because people were just in the Jericho more and the Jerichoholics. Yeah. Now the thing is, is that, and I don't know if you probably don't know this part. Uh, Jericho wasn't even supposed to be at SummerSlam. Oh, wow. He had to, he had to uh, sign an extension for his contract to cover SummerSlam and the night after because WWE wanted to give him a pay cut. And he's like, well, if you want to give me a pay cut, that means you don't see a lot of worth in me anymore. I'm going to head out and do Fozzie for a couple years. Which and he knew he knew the formula now at that point. It was go be be a wrestler, go be Fozzie. Be a wrestler, go be Fozzie. Be a wrestler, go be Fozzie. It was always sporadic and he, he knew that that formula would work because people wouldn't get tired of seeing him. Still works to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh John Cena very very st- I still say he's green at this point. In 2005, he's still a little wet behind the ears. He's a uh what what was what was it on commentary that JR said of him? He is a he was a brawler. He was an unorthodox uh catches can man or something like that. And that it, in layman's terms that means he can't wrestle. I mean, this is your guy. What did you think of the match? He's going up against the one of the best performers of all time. What did you think of it? I think it was a performance and a half by both of the guys. Um, especially with you saying that, that Jericho wasn't even supposed to be there, so to speak. So to sign an extension to be able to get this match in the night after, awesome. Um but yeah, no, Cena definitely looked like wet behind the ears, if you want to say it that way. Because you got to remember, you know, he's, you would want to say he's just getting this like heavy gimmick, like his character. Mm-hmm. And this was his second or third title. As in? Heavyweight championship, like big title. It's number one. That was the first time. Well, I see. I thought that he I he won it from JBL at Mania, uh, and he held it all the way to Elimination Chamber of 06, or New Year's Revolution of 06, when he lost when he won the chamber, but lost the money in the bank re, uh, cash in the Edge, which was a great cash, which is all time um, cash, honestly. But one of the things, like I thought, it was, the performance was great. Yada yada. He looked huge. You know, you could, you know, six pack everything. He looked in like very perfect shape, but some of his vocals, some of his reactions and stuff afterwards, the celebration itself was like piecemealed. If you watch just his celebration again, almost felt to me uncharacteristic of John Cena. Almost like he didn't know how to celebrate that he had just beaten Chris Jericho. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's extremely fair, honestly. I just... It, it, it had shades of your your go-getter John Cena celebration, and but then it had some shades of, did I really just pull that off right now? So... But you also have to remember, this was still, like I said, with behind the ears, he's only three years in. I mean, yeah, he was right. in OVW for a couple of years, but he's still... You still only have five years of experience total in the pro wrestling business, and three of it has been on the main roster of a huge organization. And you're finally getting your groove. And this is where I was like, this is why I'm saying, like, this was the start of Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks. Yeah. So it's like, <coughs> then if you do, then if you don't, and they didn't, they didn't know what to do with John once he got the Raw, because it's like, okay. Now you have John Cena, who was on SmackDown, Big Fish in a Little Pond. Now you have the Big Fish in a tank with hungry, bigger sharks. Yeah, I think. Well, and he wins there, and uh, I'm going to continue on with those pay-per-views here just for myself, for the fun of it, but... Uh, the next one I think is Unforgiven, and he fa- and I think this was the run of him versus Kurt Angle for a long period of time between now and New Year's Resol- Revolution when it was 06, when it was Angle, Michaels, Kane, Carlito, Masters, and him for the title, and that's when he won the chamber but lost to Edge. So that there that's... The master... That master lock challenge that Chris Masters used to do—that <laughs> was so stupid. That the get a gimmick over Dumb, dumbest. Oh my god, dumbest thing. Um, Who was the only one to break it? John Cena. Cena broke it. Lashley broke it, and a veteran or a current member of the Armed Services at the time, thanks to the help of JBL, but then that got sponged from the record books because Chris Masters is an asshole. Um. But yeah. Speaking Thank of you. JBL, that's the next match is him versus Batista in a no holds barred match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Hell yeah, that was sweet. So this match was never supposed to happen. Ooh. Fill me in, Master. <laughs> so do you remember a character by the name of Muhammad Mas- Muhammad Hassan? I do. Okay. So he got drafted to SmackDown, had a feud with The Undertaker at the Great American Bash in Buffalo that year. They killed him. Straight up, flat out killed him. Killed the man. So, little, I'm going to preference this a little bit more. Um... The week before the Great Amer- or the Friday before the Great American Bash, SmackDown SmackDown aired a taping of the final part of the show where Taker gets pretty much a terrorist attack on top of him, and he gets piano wired like you know strangled out, and then carried carried out, and then Davari gets carried out like a martyr. That was the same day as the England bombing attacks by Muslim terrorists. And WWE got a lot of flack for that. 
Well, I'm sure. So, what they did was have The Undertaker take out all of his goons at the Great American Bash, take out the Vari, handedly fucking defeated Muhammad Hassan, and then takes a stage panel off, puts him up for the last ride, and power bombs him onto the concrete below. So what you see after that is just a pool of blood, like, behind his head. Because, yeah. How else do you go from that? I'm down with that. Which, by the way, that match was the number one contendership for the World Heavyweight Championship. Ah. And Muhammad Hassan was supposed to win. Supposed to win? And Muhammad Hassan was supposed to beat Dave Batista for the world title. At SummerSlam. But because of the terrorist attack, because of the terrorist attacks, they flipped all they that. He completely flipped all that, and Taker didn't get his championship match until. When did he get that championship match? 06, he played in. Oh, no. He didn't get a world championship title match until No Way Out 06. Wow. So, yeah, there's that. Um. Yeah, this was just a pretty much a big Haas brawl. Um, highlight of the match was the spine buster onto the steps, the Batista bomb onto the steps, and then the Batista bomb onto the ring just for safekeeping. That was the yeah, highlight of no, that, that match for me. Well, he, well he, pinned, he pinned him on the stairs, oh, did yeah, he not? Did, I'm sorry. He did the Batista bomb in the nope. ring, and then the Batista bomb on the steps. And that finished, that him, finished off. him off. Yeah. You know what? I'd like to get my hands on a $100 JBL bill. Yeah. Those were cool. You're looking at a good three, dollars $400. It was just cool to see them flipping oh, down. down. You know, it would have been cool yeah, to be there. WrestleMania 21. I did love that. It said, in JBL, we trust. I'm like, oh, that was cool. So the and I never liked I never liked JBL either, ever. I'm okay with JBL. I I've loved him because he's not a he's not a wrestling god like he says he is. Well, not a wrestling god, but the motherfucker can fight. Oh yeah, and drink beer like no other. Jesus Christ. I'd like to drink a beer. You know what? I would love to have a beer or like no, not a beer because I'm a non I'm a non alcoholic drinker. But I would like to sit down and have a drink with just JBL and Ron Simmons, and just listen to the stories Sorry. that they could fucking tell. Jesus Christ! Just talk to these guys. Oh yeah. So I think this was the match that you were referring to, which is the main event match, which is <laughs> Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan, which is the match that everybody wants us to fucking talk about. And here's boy, oh boy. here's this backstory. What you gonna do, brother? <laughs> 2005, Hulk Hogan gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. Backlash of that year, Michaels asks Hogan to be a tag team partner against Muhammad Hassan and Davari. Hulk Hogan accepts. Yep. This is at the time now where they're just gonna sporadically use Hogan with Shawn Michaels as a tag team partner. And the last time they did it, Shawn Michaels fucking kicks him in the face. Okay, Shawn Michaels turns heel. Fine. 
Now Shawn Michaels goes on a tear of promos on Hulk Hogan. Michaels shredded Hogan to the core. Especially that night in Montreal, the the go-home Raw before SummerSlam. Heel Michaels in Montreal, Canada in 2005. Gold. If you have not watched that promo, Matt, you need to watch that promo. It is, it, it is by far the best heel promo you can ever commit in a country. So you probably don't know, Shawn Michaels screwed Bret Hart by putting him in the sharpshooter and Survivor Series in Montreal, and Vince McMahon had them ring the bell for the screw job. Bret never tapped, nothing. First gotcha. thing Michaels says to the crowd, Who's your daddy, Montreal? Fucking rips right into him. <laughs> then they do a fake-out Bret Hart return. Never happens. Fake-out Hogan come out. Never happens. And he they're just screwing with the crowd, and it's amazing. Sure. The behind-the-scenes story of this is, it was originally supposed to be the best of three. Hogan said, or no, Vince said, I don't want it to be a best of three. I want it to be a one-off. Okay, cool. Then it was supposed to be, let's just do a face versus face. I just need to know who's better. Well, that doesn't work for me, brother. Okay, cool. Michaels turns fucking heel. And Michaels like, are you sure you want me to turn heel? Because I will tear him on the mic. I will get underneath his skin on the mic. Hogan said it's it's all business. Do it. Okay. Does the Larry King skit? Does the Piper's Pit skit? Does the Montreal skit? Does the face-to-face with Hogan? Michaels then found out it was going to be a one-off. And goes to town on the selling. Oh my god. Dude. Your opinion, hold on. Your opinion. Disrespect or made Hogan look stronger? Your opinion. Disrespectful. Really? Disrespectful. Especially the clothesline over the top rope and then he like flails around like a freaking dead fish or dying fish. Out, out on the outside of the ring, like come on now, that's a little much. And then the over the over the top rope in the corner, not too long after that, when he whips him into, come on, you're you're doing a little too much. I, I, I want to say it was like ten percent too much on the sell because he more always had good sells. Anyway. Way more than that. Way more than it that. Just, <laughs> you get you get slammed off the top rope down to the mat. Yes, it's gonna hurt. But you don't flail around like a freaking broiled fish. So let's go over some of the spots real quick for the people at home that haven't watched this yet. And if you haven't, please go watch this match. It is a highlight and a, and a half. It is it may it makes my day every time I watch this match. Shawn Michaels gets clotheslined over the top rope, like you said. 
gets clotheslined, falls on his feet, flips inside out, rolls over, flails like a fish. And he's like, motherfucker, he's so fucking strong. (laughs) (laughs) He's mocking Hogan so bad. And I love it every time because I think Shawn Michaels is a better performer or better wrestler than Hulk Hogan ever could be. I'm with you. Does that. Now, when he does the... He does the the flip over the top on the corner and then flip back down, but he oversold that like shit horribly. Yeah, it it, it didn't even look smooth, and he oversold. He did it on purpose, though. Um, Michaels getting thrown onto the top rope long ways, and then Hogan kicks the turnbuckle, and Michaels is like wee wee, and then crotches himself. Um, what else? Uh. Oh, what was the? There was one. Oh, Hogan goes and put then headbutts Shawn Michaels into the top turnbuckle, and Michaels inside out flips off the bottom rope. <laughs> yeah, and then now you get right after that is when he gets busted open. Hogan, yeah, not too long. Yeah, not too long after that. Now Hogan's busted yeah. wide open, and come on now. He's he's lost half his blood. I'm exaggerating, but blood everywhere. <laughs> there was a and bloody mess. Just gets, just gets smoked, man. And he, and he, and he's gonna kick out and then go all fuck. Oh my god, I've got all this energy now. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're half dead. Retire. You're done. <laughs> nope. Nope. My favorite thing is is that after you see the chair shot to Michaels, you can see Hogan blading dead in the fucking camera. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, right. so you're a jackass. Got it. No, my favorite... His eyes are filled. Oh, his eyes with the blood in them. That was like the more messed up part of that. That was fucked up. That had to burn, oh, I'm yeah, telling you right now. suck a little bit. <laughs> um... No, what and when when Michaels had him in the fucking headlock, you can see all the blood just going down his arm, and I'm like, oh Jesus, how do you yep. fucking deal with that? You, ugh. For all the wrong reasons, that match was amazing. <laughs> like I don't care who you are, that match. I, I'm a sadistic asshole. That match was five stars. That match was fucking great. They need more blood nowadays. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Long. But they can't now do all the investors because they'll all fucking pull out like pansies. But, uh... Oh, well. The My favorite spot was the ending when he does the fucking big boot and Michael's, like, almost no-sells it. He, like, gets hit, stands back up, runs around, lays back down, and then you see Hogan go, What the fuck, motherfucker? You're supposed to be down! And he drops down! <laughs> Gives him the leg drop, and Michael's fucking sold the leg drop like he got hit with a ton of bricks. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. Oh, God, I thought that match, that match was amazing for all the wrong reasons, and I loved it. <laughs> um, It might have been you, but somebody sent me a compilation of some of the worst cells in WWE history. Oh, there's history. some bad ones. There are some bad ones, dude. It, it, I'll have to find it. I'm. I forget who sent me that, 
but I'll send it to you. If it wasn't you, yeah, you'll get a kick out of that one. Oh, I watch that shit all the time. I love watching that shit. Just watching them fucking miss shit or fucking <laughs> mistime something, and then they still have to sell like they got hit. Oh, fuck. Those are the fun ones. But no, the night... There is something that my wife and I noticed. Um, I forget what match that was. I'll have to ask her, and I'll text you about it, but somebody missed a knee by like a whole foot and a half. Just recently, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't. So it's either watching SummerSlam 05, uh, because that's what we're talking about today, or it was just a recent show. I mean, missed by a foot yeah. and a half, but you can hear the slap. That, that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on, man, you miss it by a mile. Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll do that shit all the time. It's fucking amazing. But the night after. Michaels comes out and mocks the entire match. And he's like, Oh my god, I, I couldn't overwhelm the power of Hulkamania. And I fell to the vicious leg drop. <laughs> Back to reality. <clears throat> and automatically switches baby face again. And he goes into a program with Chris Masters. And I'm just like, okay, that was, that was neat. That was a neat month of my time. (laughs) But overall, what would you give the paper? That's how that goes sometimes. A nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Yeah. Same here. Nine out of 10, especially just because of the Hogan Michaels match. Nine out of 10. That was, like I said, all the wrong reasons, but it was like, it's one of those guilty pleasure matches you have to watch just to be like, you know, I got to stop taking this so fucking seriously. (laughs) Well, and you know how um, I want and I'm not putting them down, none of the superstars currently, but sometimes on these new and current pay-per-views, there's parts of it where there's a snack break for me. Mm-hmm. I'll get up, I'll go, I'll come back. But I tell you what, watching that SummerSlam 05, I'm going to need to get a list from you of more that you really enjoy, because if you enjoyed them, then I know I'm going to enjoy sitting down. And um, I mean, literally, the wife and I, we loved it. So we've actually decided every Wednesday we're doing WWE Wednesday. We're doing an old pay-per-view every Wednesday from now on. So there you go. needing a list from an expert like yourself <laughs> will get us down that road. But no, it was great, man. It was great to finally be able to give a grade of nine out of 10 on something WWE right now. Yeah. It was refreshing. Oh yeah, definitely. So it, just, just for our viewers, uh, perspective what when did you actually start able to when were you able to start watching pay-per-views in their entirety like were you doing it live oh or gosh. were you doing it like off of dvds and shit like i was um yeah so i'll be here and there from like walmart okay mm-hmm. or target or whoever they would sell them for just just cheaper prices that i could afford and i'm like oh i like that I'll, I'll grab that when it had john cena's face on it or the rock's face on it yeah but to, to be able to watch them full-time, 2013, when I had the network. And then I could obviously backtrack. Yeah. The network's been out that long? Yep. No, that can't be right. Because yeah, it was WrestleMania... Would have been WrestleMania 30, and we have to backtrack seven years. So, yeah, WrestleMania... Yeah, that'd be 2014. Holy shit. Yeah, it was, it's been a while now. 
Um, but it, and it's a great it's a great format to have all these things. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm nervous about this whole pe- peacock deal, but whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. But uh, I mean, I caught a couple DVDs here and there. You know what I mean? But to really say when did I start watching? I watched all the new ones when I first started in say 13 or 14. But in fact, the first one that I watched live on the network was when John Cena got suplex 16 times suplex city. Started. So that was I SummerSlam was of 14. I was like, yeah, I was upset with that. Wow. Um, obviously, but, but, uh, so for what, six, seven years now, I've been watching every pay-per-view live. Yeah. But prior to that, just if I was fortunate enough to catch one, because I, I never could pay for the pay Oh, yeah, fucking so, $60 a, a month. Fuck that. Yeah. Especially HD, $80 a that's month. Why the, Fuck it. That's why, the, that's why the WWE Network was great when it came mm-hmm. out. Oh, $9.99. You're basically, you're paying for two pay-per-views and getting 10 or any extras free. Yeah. So I was down with that. So, see, my my biggest thing was I wasn't I, I always catch the pay-per-view either the week after or um sometimes the, even the night after because I was an asshole <laughs> and I torrented all my pay-per-views afterwards because people were saving it and oh. downloading it and uploading it to different sites and I'm like yeah, I'll just Got it. I'll watch it tomorrow. Got it. I'll watch it sometime later in the night. Yeah, I just went and found it on the internet and watched the whole thing in its entirety. This was, this was like three or four years prior to the network. So right, right, right. But that's when I started. I guess I never really thought of doing that. You know, I would, uh, I would watch Raw, and if I couldn't watch all of Raw, because my stepmom used to yell at us for watching wrestling, (laughs) so what I would do is I would take a blank tape. And I would literally record that on VHS. Yeah. I would record wrestling. So then I would watch it. I'd get home from school the following Tuesday, and I'd watch the rest of what I couldn't see from Monday Night Raw. So, you know, there's some nostalgia to it, too. VHS, for anybody listening that doesn't know what that is, that's that, that's that rectangular yeah. tape we used to watch. Is regu- it's a rectangular tape. You have to <laughs> rewind every time you want to watch a movie. Um, People are like rewind what does that mean yeah what's rewinding what you don't just skip backwards like 10 seconds yeah no fuck you we had to rewind a whole goddamn tape you assholes <laughs> you remember when the tape would get messed up oh, fuck that always sucked too because it was like oh yeah god you fucking do that then you get mad at yourself because it's like oh no now all the film is fucked up no fuck but uh we just we just dated ourselves oh, horribly <laughs> horribly um, back to the network. Yeah, back to the network. <laughs> so I think this was a success for the review of the classic pay-per-view review. Um, oh, so yeah. I think we're going to do it again, and I think we're going to do it next week as well. So next week, uh, off the top of my head, uh, give me one second. I got to figure out which bragging rights it was. Because if it was the first one, then we might watch the first one. Because it was the one where they did the uh, 60-minute Iron Man match between Orton and Cena that where anything goes, which was the main event. 
And bragging rights, because I don't know if you remember it or not. It was the first one, son of a bitch. Bragging rights 2009 is what we will review. Um, wow. So my my junior year of high school. That's crazy. Yeah. So if it's that, if it's your junior year, that means it's my sophomore year. Well, actually, hold on. What, uh, what month? This was in uh, no, uh, October. So we my senior year then. Yeah, we just started. Yeah, so we just started my junior year and your senior year. Yep, because I graduated in ten. Yeah, so I was supposed yeah, to graduate in this, ten. This is that's crazy. So this one uh, is so bragging rights was pretty much Raw versus SmackDown. What it is for Survivor Series? This is what they tried doing beforehand, and it didn't really catch on all that much. Um, it was. Obviously, the two mid-card champions going against each other, tag champions going against each other, women's champions going against each other, and then these two big team Raw and SmackDown uh, match goes together. And then to end the show, it was Randy Orton versus John Cena in a 60-minute anything-goes, pinfalls-count-anywhere match for the WWE Championship, and if Cena had lost, he would have been required to go to SmackDown. Which I think they pulled that trope more than once. They did it with Edge. They did it with Orton. I think they did it again, but I couldn't remember with who. All right, bragging rights 09. We'll talk about that next week then. Yep, and honestly, spoiler alert for everybody that's listening. My opinion, the Iron Man match is probably one of John Cena's best matches to date. Wow, look at that. Somebody who doesn't like John Cena just said that's one of his best matches of today. Because great. that's the kind of match he needs to be in, unfortunately. It's like something where he can do stuff without having any repercussions for being DQ'd mm-hmm. or counted out or just being in, like a powerhouse. And those are two guys that can go for that oh, long. Yeah. I mean, still to this day. Still to this day, you see that Randy Orton can go for a long time. Right. So, so without further ado, to end the podcast, we're going to do F Mary Kill. It is my turn, and we're going to go with uh, people from SummerSlam '05 to keep the theme going. You're going to choose from Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, and uh, Chris Benoit. Oh man, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> I'm going to hell. That's fine. I'm going right there with you. Wow, this is a shame. Well, me, <laughs> me and the heartbreak kid, baby. I'm gonna have to break his heart because I'm only getting laid by him one time, and then that's it. Cutting that one off. I'll take my bumps there. I'm marrying the Hulkster, because what you gonna do, brother, or daddy, or whatever he's gonna make me call him. And, uh, and then, uh, sorry, Chris, R.I.P., bud, but I'm killing you, <laughs> even though yeah, it's already done. You're already, you're already gone, big guy. I, I'd have to, I'd have to say that he'd have to be the one to go. <laughs> well, 
like I said, I'm going to hell, but it's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. What are you going to do? So thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, any, anywhere where you guys listen to your podcast. Uh, also, support the podcast, please, at patreon.com slash kfabreport. Uh, for $2 backing, you guys get to listen to this episode and every episode afterwards for free, uh, or for, uh, a day early, and, uh, you guys will be able to listen to every, every episode of the podcast up there on top of it for being a Patreon member. Um, thank you for all the love, share, and support you guys. Uh, be safe, uh, have a good week. And Miz, please don't fuck up your championship run. (laughs) It's going to be awesome.